good to see all of you today. Um, okay, I know we have some 49ers over here. <laughs> what else? Any, anybody else against, Cal, anybody against California? Okay. <laughs> Great. All right. Okay. All right. Well, it's going to be... Uh, Gonna be, uh, it's going to be an interesting day, especially with two brothers coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's going to be interesting. Can you, you know, who, can you imagine being their parents? <laughs> no, either way they lose. <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like... Um, like, uh, you know, we're not even going to watch the game. If, if I was in that situation, I, I would have gone to Hawaii or something today. But um, that, that's, that, that's an interesting situation to, to be in. Wow. Well, uh, you know, the, the secret of, of, of today, I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to watch the game, uh, unlike Josh, who doesn't care. Um, but if you're going to watch the, the game today, you're going to hear some words Kind of coming through the through uh, through the commentators who are the experts uh, on everything, uh, you know, and they're going to talk about whether it's the receiver and you know in the end zone positioning himself to 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 receive the pass, or he didn't position himself, or the quarterback waited too long for them to get into position, or you're going to hear some some verbiage. And I, today I want to talk about positioning yourself uh, to to receive God's blessings. Now we're talking about the the whole issue. Of, of the best is yet to come. And, and I, you know, while, while we're, and, and we, on that, we, we, we stuck in the, the phrase at the end of it, you know, get there. I mean, because, you know, sometimes we can just sit around and say, well, the best is yet to come. And, and you know, and I want to make sure that we're not looking into the future. Well, someday, one of these days, I mean, you know, we hear those phrases all the time. Well, one of these days, you know, you know, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I, I can't wait until, you know, I can't wait until, I'm a, until I get a better job. Um, I, I can't wait until uh, I'm out of school. Uh, I can't wait until, uh, until I, I feel better. You know, I, I, and so th- we have these, these little thing, excuses that we can, can throw out to sometimes even take the responsibility off of ourselves or our own life. Ooh, did he say that? Um, but, I, but, but the idea of positioning yourself now to receive God's blessings. You know, and are you at that place to where you can receive God's blessings in your life? Do you, are you experiencing the work and the blessings of God, God right now? Or do you have a, I can't wait until I can experience the blessings of God? There are, the, the Bible is full of incredible stories on, on positioning our, ourself. It's full of stories. And it's something that uh, I want to, to encourage you in, that we, we read these stories in the Bible and not as, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good, nice little story. But we, we, we get a hold of these stories and we, we apply them to our life. To read the Bible and, and to just read it and say, my, that's a, that was a good story back then. But God has given us his word to apply it to our life today. To, to, to get it into our life so it's, it's working and it's changing our life on a, on a daily, ongoing basis. The, God is not about making you comfortable while you're here on planet Earth. He's about developing our character. And, and sometimes when God is at work developing our character, developing our dependency and our trust and our, our faith in Him, sometimes we can kind of wiggle out of it, blame God that things aren't going better. And so we're going to be talking about that today, about getting into that place. The, the Bible, again, is full of these incredible stories. And uh, I'm going to give, remind you of a, of a few of them here today, but we're not going to read the, the passage. But in, in Luke in chapter 19, there's a story about, about a guy named Zacchaeus. And he was, he was very short and very rich. 
Um, and obviously, he was a very sincere person. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at a scripture in a, 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 later, a little later on in the message today about people who, whose hearts are earnestly seeking him. But there was something about Zacchaeus that he, his heart earnestly sought God because he did something. Now, we know the story. I mean, I, I, as a kid growing up in Sunday school, I sang songs about Zacchaeus. Um, it was one of those things, it was one of those teaching experiences that, that taught me some things about, about you know, when, you, when you're seeking God, he's going to find you. You know, I, I, as a kid, I mean, I'll never remember. Zacchaeus, you come down from that tree. I'm going to your house for tea. I never knew Jesus drank tea. Um, but, um, but, but Zacchaeus, he, he positioned himself. He knew that Jesus was coming. There was a crowd of people who were, who were surrounding Jesus. And, and because he was short, he couldn't see through the crowd. And the Bible tells us that he, did, he climbed up into a tree. He positioned himself so that he could be blessed by God. And Jesus saw the intent of his heart. Here's somebody that is earnestly seeking me. I'm going to pay attention to this guy. Another story in, in, in Matthew in chapter 8, starts in verse 8, but we, we see someone who, 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 who knew who Jesus was and just, just you know, felt like, I'm not worthy to have you even come into my house. I'm not worthy of you to, to come under my roof. But what I do know about you is that you are a person of authority, and all you have to do is to speak the word. And, and my servant is going to be healed. He positioned himself. There was a place of humility. I'm, I'm not worthy of you to come into my house. But I do know that you are the answer to, to the problem that I have. And, and the response to Jesus was, okay, and, as you've believed, and so it's going to happen now. You're going to see healing come into your household now because you've positioned yourself. You, you came with, with this attitude. There's a, another great story of a, of a woman with, with whatever the, the medical situation was, but the Bible calls it an issue of blood. And it was, if it was, I mean, the best way I know how to say it is the way the Bible is, is talking about it. There was a, a, a female issue that is there. And that's the most, the, the, the gentlest medical terminology from the Bible that I can use without, but she had a problem. She had a problem. And this problem made her unclean in her culture. She was, she was basically untouchable. And she says, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, un I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even talk to him. But, but what I know, what I know is if, if I can, if I can just push myself into the crowd, if I can, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch, touch his, his, his clothes, and I'm going to be healed. I will, I will feel the healing presence of, of, of God. I mean, you know, and most of you know the story. You know, Jesus is in this big crowd of people. They're brushing up against him, hitting him, and knocking him around. And, you know, and, and she reaches through the crowd. I, my, my mind goes wild in, in pictures here, folks. It really does. You know, I can see her being pushed out of the side. You know, people, oh, she's unclean. Oh, I touched an unclean person. Or I, I, can, I can see her struggling through the crowd, you know, with that, that faith. If only I can, if I can just touch, touch his, his garment. If I can just touch the, the, the bottom of, of, of his robe. I'm, I'm going to be okay. And she, she positions herself to, to finally reach in and, and, and to, to, to touch it, to, to, to grab it. And then Jesus stops in the crowd and says, who, who touched me? It's like, um, everybody. <laughs> he says, no, no, no. This touch was different. This touch was different. This was a touch that, that I, I felt the, the healing presence come out of me. And see, it was that, that issue of I, I, I felt the presence of God come out of me. I, I, felt, I felt the healing presence of, you know, and go, go into her and that person. Who, who was it? 
you know, so Jesus stops, and here's a woman who is culturally has been, uh, her, her self-confidence has got to be just totally shot. Again, I am assuming some things here, but, but, but what I know about human nature, if you've been rejected and told that you're worthless and told there's no value to you, when somebody stops in a big crowd and, and stops and looks at you, I mean, I, I, many of you know th- those inferior feelings. You know, and we, we all have them. Some of us just live them out as superior feelings. But, uh, but, but we all have those things where we're, where we're afraid, you know, that, to be recognized in a crowd because, or, or for some reason. And I, I can just imagine her face turning red, getting embarrassed, like, ooh, I'm in big trouble now. I'm in big trouble. And, you know, and Jesus speaks to her, and, and, and he says that, you know, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. She had that, that, that faith of, if I can just position myself at the right place. And she received God's blessings because she positioned herself. And in Mark, in chapter 10, there was a, as Jesus again is walking down the street and the crowds are in the way, we've got this guy that, we, you know, we don't even know his name. All we know is we know his dad's name. His dad's name was, was Tom. And, he was, he, and they just referred to him as, as, as the blind son of Tom, blind Bartimaeus. Didn't even have a name, just a, a throwaway person of no value at all. But he knew something that if he, could, if he could get Jesus to pay attention to him, and as a crowd is going down the street, you know, you know Tom's son starts screaming, Jesus! Jesus! And everybody say, shh, 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 be quiet, be quiet. You're a blind person of no value. This is the master. Get, just shut up and get over here and be quiet. The Bible tells us that, that, the, that, that, that the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. And he was determined to position himself to receive God's blessings. And he was insistent on positioning himself. I'm sure he was used to being told to shut up and told to go away. If you've, many of you have traveled to third world countries and, and, you know, and you've seen the, the, those beggars that, that are there just sitting on the side of the road or in front of a store, in front of a building, you know, and they don't even have the confidence to look up. But Tom's son wasn't going to put up with it that day. That day, Tom's son decided that it was going to be his day to receive God's blessings. You know, and, and, you know, and Jesus goes to, what do you want? You know, what do I want? You know, look, see the pus? <laughs> you know, see, see, you know, uh, see, the, see the, the, the fact that I, I can't see. Can you, can you, can, you can see. Can you see that? You know, what do I want? My eyes, Jesus, my eyes. And see, what, I, what I'm saying is that sometimes to, to position ourselves is we have to be aware of why we are positioning ourselves just to say, you know, Jesus, and then to get his attention and have him come over. What do you want? Oh, uh, thy will be done. Whatever you want to do, go ahead. I, no, what do, I, what do you want? And see, sometimes when we position ourselves in front of God, we get ourselves in that position to where, where we have God's attention or we are finally, let me say it the better way to say it, we're finally paying attention to what he wants. We need to be aware of saying, here's, here's, here's how I'm going to know. Here's how I'm going to know. I'm going to know that I'm healed because of what you've done for me. I know, I'm, you, you've healed. I can see. I can see. And Jesus quite often will say, well, what do you want? Okay, I'm here. What do you want? What do you want? Lord, I, I, want, I want my healing. God, I want to be healed. In, in, in Malachi, in chapter, chapter 3 and verse 10, is a reference to positioning ourselves with God financially so that, that he can bless us. And he says that when we, when we, when we honor him with, with godly attitudes towards our finances, with God-honoring finances, 
that we will position ourselves. And the Bible says that he will open up the, the, the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and he will pour out a blessing where we won't even have enough to, room to receive. And his promise is that when you do that, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. We have to position ourselves. God is not going to, 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 to force us into his blessings. He will say, if you will do this, then, then I, in turn, will do this. When we get into one of those until then situations, when we get into one of those situations to where we are saying someday, Someday I'm going to be in the place. Someday I will get my act together, or someday God will get his act together. Uh, someday I'm going to be in the place to where, where I can receive. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and the, the scriptures are not going to be on the screen today because um, I want you to underline and I want you to, to mark up your Bible. Uh, if you're one of those people who doesn't like to mark up your Bible, um, um, I'll give you permission to do it today. If you have an electronic Bible, um, it, use a, uh, uh, an erasable marker. It's part of the problem with my computer screen. I have white out all over it. Okay. Jeremiah. Chapter 29, verse 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from uh, Jerusalem to the, um, to the surviving elders among the exiles, to the priests and the prophets, of all the other people of Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, we, we are very familiar with, with Jeremiah 29, 11. It's something that, very honestly, I, I encourage you a lot to, to, to remember in Jeremiah 29, 11, for if you don't have it underlined your Bible right now, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. This is what God's saying to you. He's saying this to you. But, but many times we forget to read what's in front of it. And what's in front of it? This is a, this is a truth that, that it is a little bit difficult sometimes to, 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 to look at. Down in verse 4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Whoa, wait a minute. Um, hmm, I thought it was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the one that, that did these things. And God said, No, I'm in control of these situations. There's nothing that's going to happen to you that I'm, that I, I'm not in control of. And he says, and he says that, I, that I carried away uh, into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And what he's saying to them is, build your house and settle down. Plant your gardens and eat what they produce. Marry, have sons and daughters, and find wives for your for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in the number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the, and, and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies that you, um, lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And they're saying, wait a minute, we, we have been taken captive, we're in exile. We, we are not at our home. We can't be around our, our, our immediate family. We're slaves here. And God, until then, until someday when you deliver us, God, we're going to sit here. We're going re, to rebuke Nebuchadnezzar. We're going we're to hate Babylon. We're going to do everything we can to destroy it. And God says, would you, would you, would you please shut up? <laughs> Just be quiet now. I'm going to talk with you. 
He said, what I want you to know is that I have sent you there in, into exile. I'm going to get your attention now. You know, God is not, God's purpose is not to make us comfortable. God's purpose is to develop our character. God's purpose is to get our hearts looking at and centered on him. That God is the source of, of everything. That the authority of God in our life is the thing that we need to be paying attention to and not griping at God because we are in a bad situation. Some of you who are in some difficult situations and some hard, hard settings, do you ever think that maybe God orchestrated that? Because God wants you to develop some issues in your life and some character. God wants you to be trusting in him, having a confidence and a faith in him. Did you ever think that, that maybe that God's in control? Did you ever think that maybe instead of rebuking and hating and, and uh, speaking ill of your boss or of, of the situation you're in, maybe that God is saying, what I want you to do is I want you to bless them and I want you to pray for them? Because if they prosper, you will prosper too. Did you ever think that, that maybe God's in control? Did you ever think that the omnipotent, all-powerful God uh, is, in, is in control of the situation? Do you ever think that, that maybe his promises in the word that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle, that he really meant that? And see, these are the situations that so many times we can have this thing of, boy, things are rough and things are, t- are hard. And, and what God is saying is, I want you, I've, I have put you into this situation. And what I want you to do is I want you to learn to trust me in that situation that you are in. And very honestly, it's not going to change until you do. And he says, this is what the Lord says in verse 10. Okay, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and I will fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place, back to Jerusalem. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to, to give you hope in the future. And then, and here's, here's, here's the promise. And then you will call up upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and the places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place to which I have carried you into exile. God's word to us is, I want, you to, I want you to blossom where you're planted. I want right where you are. It's not someday, I can't wait until, but right where you are. That, that when you blossom, when you bloom there, when you're used to my blessings in that situation that you are in, then you will, you will be, uh, be allowed to expect my blessings to come. You know, it's a difficult problem to, to, to deal with sometimes. But God, do you really want me in this situation? God, this is hard, and God, this is difficult. Do you really want me here? Again, there's a story that we talk a lot about in, in the church with Joseph when he was sent to Egypt by his brothers that had a, you know, they, they, his brothers hated him, and they, they sold him into, into slavery. Joseph is removed from his family. He's removed from everybody that loves, not his brothers, his father loved him at least. Um, but, but Joseph spent a number of years as, as a slave in a, in a foreign country. But he learned to, to, he learned to grow where he was planted. Instead of saying, someday, 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 God's going to get me out of Egypt and, and I'm going to be able to, to really come into to my right place. Instead of it happening that way, what happens is we see that, that he, he blossoms. He grows right where he is. It wasn't the someday God will use me, but right now this is where I am, and I'm going to do what I can do uh, the best way I know how to do it. God saw, Joseph saw God's hand even in the difficult situation. Joseph sought God he saw God's perspective when it came time for him to be freed he says to his brothers what, what you meant for evil God meant for good 
Maybe, maybe that situation with, in your family or with your boss or, or in, your, in your neighborhood that, that feels like a, an adverse situation. Maybe, maybe, maybe God is meaning it for good. That c- confrontation that is always going on at work, maybe God means it for good. Maybe, maybe there's God's sanding off some rough spots. Maybe you just have an attitude that's, that's a little difficult and God is saying, I'm going to keep sending these people in to, 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 to sand you down until this, this part of your character is, 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 is moved around. You know, when we have that attitude of until then, I can't serve God until then. God is saying, right where you are, I want you to start growing and I want you to, to occupy and these are the words of Jesus. You know, until I come back, I want you to, to occupy until I come. I want you to, to live the, the, the life. It's the message of, of, of Jeremiah chapter 29. Not just, I'm going to prosper you. Whatever you do, I'm going I'm to prosper. I say, no, what I want you to do is right where you're planted, right where, you're, where you are right now, that's where I'm going to prosper you. And he says, and, and by the way, when you come back home, you're going to be used to prosperity. You're going to be used to... To, to, to that place of, of being alive and being healthy inside of me. One of our heroes in the church that we talk a lot about, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who after he was arrested on the, uh, the attempt to assassinate Hitler and uh, the Gestapo came into his house and, uh, on April 5th, 1943, and they hauled him off into prison. And Bonhoeffer, instead of saying, I'm trying to deliver the world from a, ha- a hateful person, from a person that is, that is that, that's executing people uh, and, and, and trying to turn us from, from and, and want God, you've got to deliver me from here. Bonhoeffer bloomed where he was planted in, in the prison. Quote from the cost of discipleship, Bonhoeffer greatly inspired all of those who came in contact with him. He even inspired his guards with respect. He respected the, the, the Nazi guards in the prison? He even inspired the, his guards with respect, some of who became so attached to him that they smuggled out of prison his papers and his poems written there and apologized to him for having to lock the door after the round in, in, in the courtyard. Instead of sitting there and cursing them and saying, you know, greater is he who is in me than he is in the world, he, he, he honored them to give them respect. And what happens is they saw Christ alive inside of him. There was something that was there that, that impacted their lives where they were apologizing to him. We see this throughout the, the New Testament with the story of the apostles being in, in jail and in prison. Yeah, go ahead and fall on your sword. You, you, know, you deserve to die. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. When the people were in Babylon in exile, God speaks to them and he says, don't listen to the false prophets who are prophesying and having the dreams that you told them to have. Wow. Wow. Don't, don't, don't listen. You, you, you told them to say these things. Now what I'm telling you to do is, to, is to, to not listen to them. They're just prophesying. They're just dreaming the things that they think are going to, to win your favor. You know, you, if, you, if, you, if they say these things, that you're going to like them. And, and, and God says, they're not speaking from me. We live in a world that, in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a type of a, of a community that if somebody is opposed to us, that we feel like it's righteous indignation where we can badmouth and destroy and tear them apart. What God is saying to us is, I want you to pray for those in authority over you. And we can, be, we can complain about our government all that we want and what God is saying is, I'd like for you to quit complaining and I would like for you to start praying for them. I'd like for you to start seeking my face for, 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 for victory in their life. I would like for you to, 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 to honor them 
Boy, that's a hard thing to do, God. But he says, don't listen to, these, to the, the false prophets that are, that are saying the things that, that, kind of, that make you feel like your righteous anger is okay. Instead, pray, pray for them. When Isaac was, was at a, a, a town called, called Geir, he had, there was a famine going on. Some of the people in this situation, some of the, 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 the people were moving to, uh, to Egypt. They felt like, well, let, let's take off and go to Egypt in this, this time of famine in Abraham's time. And um, Isaac um, ends up going to, to Kima uh, Abimelech uh, with the Philistines in, in, in Gerir. And God speaks to him and he says, don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay there in the land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. For you and your descendants... I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. And I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give them all the, these lands. And, and through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. So Isaac stayed in, in Gerir. Now, he stayed there because God told him to. It was not a place that was really prospering at the time. But as Isaac goes there, because he obeyed God, then he knew that something was important was going to happen. God says, I'm going to prosper you, but you've got to stay here. You can't go to Egypt like everybody else is going. You have to stay here, and you stay here, and you're going to watch. I want you to, I want you to bloom where I am planting you. And sometimes we miss the harvest. We miss the blessings of God. We miss that, that, that place because we have not been allowing the breakthrough to take place. And we quit sowing in, in the time of, of famine. It would have been a little bit wise for Isaac to say, you know what, I'm not going to sow any seeds here. Things aren't, aren't happening good here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go down to Greer. I'll stay here. But, I, but instead, Isaac plants and Isaac sows and God, Isaac obeys God. And these this incredible things happen. And instead of disaster happening, because he obeyed God and stayed where God told him to stay, there was this incredible blessing in his life. We can jump and we can move someplace that God's saying, I don't want you there. That's not my plan. That's not what, what, I, what I want to, to have happen in your life. Sometimes we can back up instead of moving ahead in God by not paying attention to what he's saying. We wonder why we're not experiencing the blessings of God. We wonder why we are not, we're not having these, these breakthroughs in our life why we're not having breakthroughs in certain problems and situations where that it is in our, in our marriage or in, in, in our home life or in our job life, in our business life, uh, maybe in our neighborhoods and social settings. Why am I not experiencing these breakthroughs? Why am I not seeing victory? Sometimes it's because we've moved away from where God wants, wants us to stay for that blessing. Isaac could have gone to Egypt like everybody else. But instead, he paid attention to what God was saying to him. And because of that, he was so prosperous that finally Abimelech said, you've got to leave this area. You've got to move from here. You are too successful. You're getting too powerful, and, and you've got to move, and you've got to go on. Because he had positioned himself to receive God's blessings. In the game today, if you watch the game you will see people that are going to be in the right position at the right time, and they're going to receive that, 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 that pass that is going to, to win the game. You're going to see those things. And I'm saying this today because I want you to think about God's blessings as you're watching the football game today. <laughs> when the 49ers win. <laughs> Or the ravens, it's okay too because that, that was in God's plan. We, I want to. I want to go over five five things of positioning yourself. I'm going to go over five points. N number one, 
This is these, these things are going to be on, on, on the screen here. Number one is that you have to, you have to go uh, where God tells you to go. You have to obey God's directions. You know, when God says, I want you to go here, and then I want, you, I want you to do that. There's been numbers of times in my life that God has said, I want you to go here and I want you to do this. And out of those, those blessings, that obedience comes the blessings of God. Uh, it's sort of like, I, I, there's been numbers of times in my life that I have, that I have felt like that, okay, I'm right here and this is where God is blessing Whoever stands here in this place is the one that's going to get blessed. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, and um, you, you can tell my wife I said this, but, but I mean, there, my wife has such a rich spiritual heritage. She really does. I mean, oof, you wouldn't believe the spiritual heritage that she has. It's just astounding, absolutely astounding. I mean, to the ministry of her, of her, of her grandfather and her father and... Um, some of you know this, that, that her, her background, as far back as they can trace, um, there, there has always been this line, this bloodline through the families of, of ministers' wives. Her mother was a minister's wife. Her mother's mother was a minister's wife. Her mother's mother's mother was a minister. You know, it was just, there's just a heritage that is there. And I've always, I've always felt like, you know, I, that sort of like, you know what, whoever married Janice was, was going to get a great blessing. <laughs> You know, whoever married Janice was, was, was going to do, you know, was going to, and I just happened to, uh, I just happened to win, you know, and the other guy, everybody else just lost. Um, but, but, but I believe that there's a blessing that came down through, the, through, the, uh, through, through, through that because of, of faithful parents, grandparents, great-grandparents that, that honored God, of, of, of a bloodline of people, of even a, a, her dad. I mean, some of this just... This has nothing to do with anything, but even her, her dad being able as, as a child to, to go to meetings with Smith Wigglesworth and, and to, to experience incredible, incredible things. And so it's the importance of you have to obey God's directions because obedience is better than sacrifice. And if we're not obeying God, then, then there's, there's going to be a cost that is there. And that cost is that blessing of, of, of being obedient to God. God, I'm going to obey what your word says. So many times I said, God, I'm going to do it my way. And God says, okay, but I'm not going to be there to bless you. Isaac could have said, God, I'm going to do it my way. Okay, but I, I'm not going to be there to bless you. And, you know, we, we, we know, again, we know this story because we, I talk about it a lot, but when Elijah was, was when, you know, God says, I want you to go to, to, the, to, the, to the brook at Cherith. I want you to go and sit there for a while. I'm going to feed you. There's, there's water there. I'm going to have the crows bring roadkill to you and, um, or something, I, I don't know. But, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. And as long as he was there under God's direction, but the time came that God dried the brook up, that, that everything quit, and it was time for him to move on. God can have you at a place for seasons in your life. And when it's time for you to, to move on, to obey God, to move to the next place of God's blessing. Okay, the second thing on, that I want to encourage you in and position yourself is that, that you have to believe that the time is now. There was a reason in our prayer time, I, I want to speak to you and say, you know, now's the time, now's the time. Now's the time that, you know, you know in Ecclesiastes, there is a, uh, there's a great passage there and, a, uh, and the lyrics for a great song that, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was so disappointed whenever I found out that, you know, that in Ecclesiastes in chapter three, that the words turn, turn, turn was not there. Um, but you have to believe that when the harvest is ready, it's time to harvest, you have to believe when God says, put the sickle in, you do it then. Well, I'm not ready to do it right now, God. I'm not ready, I'm not ready to do it this moment. But we have to, 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 to be aware that when God says the time to move is now, that we're moving in, in God's timing. That to believe that the time, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of prosperity. Today is the day of that miracle of God in my life. That today is the day that I'm going to receive that, that understanding. We have to understand that, that their timing is of the essence. God believes in seasons. 
You know, you, you can't plant when it's not time to plant. There is a season to plant. There is a season to, to tend the garden, to tend the fields. There is a season to reap. There's a season that you eat uh, what, uh, what you have sown. And, and reaping and believing that now is the time. And understanding God's timing in your life. Understanding the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Of knowing when you, are, when you're, when you do not feel the peace of God in your life in the direction that you're moving. I don't quite feel comfortable in this decision. I need to, to stop. I need to take some time. I need to be ready for this. I need to fast and I need to pray. I need to pay some real attention to what God is saying here at this point. God, I'm going to focus my time and my energy on hearing your voice because your timing is is of essence. And the third thing that we want to look at of how to position yourself is that you must let God choose the method. God chose exile for these people in in Jerusalem at the time. Uh, If they were taking votes, God would have lost But we have to let God choose the method. How is God choosing to bless you? Um, how is God, what, what method is God saying, this is, this is um, how, what, I, what I want you to do? Jesus healed in many different methods. And to reject one of his methods was, would, 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 uh, would be saying no to the healing of God. We, we talked about this um, Wednesday night. Um, but, but how, sometimes how, how, how Jesus healed. I, I'm going to tell you this joke. It's, it's Josh's joke. I told it one Wednesday, a couple of weeks ago on Wednesday night. But, you know, in a, it was in a very, you know, high energy healing service. And the guy walks up and um, says, I, I need prayer for my, for my hearing. And I go, oh. So the, this, this, you know, high energy uh, evangelist pastor says, okay, great. So he, you know, he thinks there's some really you know, bizarre things to do. So he licks his fingers and sticks them in the guy's ears and rebuking and crying and screaming and yelling out, you know, and uh, does everything else, you know, laying and slapping and, and all the stuff. And so finally he's, he's finished and he says, okay, how is your hearing now? And the guy says, I don't know. It's not until next Thursday. Okay, that's Josh's joke, okay? So if you don't like it, go, go talk to him, okay? But, but what, what I'm saying is, is, that, is that, that God used these, these, these crows as a method of feeding Elijah. You know, another place we, we see God doing a miracle of, of, of a pot of oil and, and a pot of flour never diminishing. We, we see God choosing to rain down manna from heaven. We, we, we see the, these ways that, that, that God chooses, and you can't say God did it this way one time, and therefore it's always going to be the right way. We have to be close enough to God to hear His to hear His voice, His guidance, and understanding that we can say, "God, I want to pay attention to you, God. I'm going to let you choose the method. I'll let you choose the method." And the next thing, point number four, is that you must do what He says to do. It, it's obedience. It, it, it's obedience. We have to do what what God says to, 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 for us to do. When, when Mary was, was trying to get Jesus to begin to do his, his ministry, it's a, great, it's a great story. Well, we can't get into it this morning, but great story of, of a mother who knows what her son can do. And, you know, as, you know, and Jesus even says to his mother, you know, woman, I, oh, okay, okay, I'm going to honor my mom. And so she, you know, she tur- he, Jesus turns the water into wine. But Mary's words to, to, the, to the servants was there was, you know, Whatever he says for you to do, you do it. The miracle of turning the water into wine took place because some people were being obedient. They were doing what what God told them to do. Elijah speaks to a general and says, who had leprosy, and he says, what you've got to do is you've got to go down to, to, to this dirty Jordan River. You've got to dip seven times in the river. 
It was a method that, that, that God told them to do. It, may, it didn't quite make sense, but there was this act of obedience. A time when there was the famine in, in the land and uh, the woman was told to go around and to borrow every, every, every jar, every vessel she could find because God was going to, to start filling the, the, these vessels so that the oil wouldn't, wouldn't run out. Jesus tells the disciple or tells the, the people at Lazarus' tomb to take away the stone. And they're going, you can't take away the stone. Lazarus has been there for a long time. Jesus, you got, there's some things that you probably don't understand that he stinks right now. And Jesus is saying, you know, those aren't, aren't the issues. The issues, I want you to take away the stone. I'm, gonna, I'm about to do a miracle. Sometimes God's directions may not make sense. I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho. We're warriors. We don't want to walk around the walls. This is how you're going to be victorious. And the fifth one, the last one, ask the band to come up. The fifth one is that we have to praise God as though you were experiencing the blessing now. Praise God as though it's going on right now. God, I thank you that I'm living in your blessing now. When, when, the, when the children of Israel were in captivity in Jeremiah, when he's saying, I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you and plans to, to prosper you, the, the time for them to begin to, was, was right then. We, we are going to, to live in this blessing now. What I want to encourage you in is wherever you're living, whatever you're facing, whatever problem you're facing, we're talking about the best is yet to come. Live in the best right now. Live in the best right now. This is where God wants you to be. Someday when God does this, then I will do this. Someday if God blesses my, 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 my life this way, then I'll do this or I'll, I'll give this to God I'll, 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 whenever I see these things. You know, it's not until, it's not until we obey God that we're gonna, we're gonna see his blessings. I, I told, a, I had a meeting last night with the leadership of, of, um, of Kid Care. I told him a story that as I've told a couple of times in, in the church and I, I want to remind you of it too, but a, um, a friend of mine is a, the founder and the leader of YWAM at the time, Youth of the Mission, a great international missions organization. And Lauren was in a, uh, in a prayer gathering, and in this gathering, there's a large group of people, you know, a couple hundred people in this room, and, um, and God spoke to Lauren and said, Lauren, I want you to walk across the room and give this girl over there $200. She needs it next week for, for a trip that she's going on. And, you know, and Lauren says, Let's come again, Lauren says, I want you to walk across the room and give this girl $200. God, that's a good idea, but the problem is, God, I, I got nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I am flat broke. I have no money at all. My, my wallet is totally empty, which Lauren's, I mean, he was just continually living by faith and, and trusting in God. He says, God, my, my wallet is totally empty. And, and God says, Lauren, I said, walk across the room and give her $200. Lauren, walk across the room and give her $200. Oh, okay, Lord, I'm going to obey. As he's walking across the room, a, a guy walks up to him and says, Lauren, I don't know, God just spoke to me and told me to give you $200. <laughs> See, we have to position ourselves, put ourselves in that place to where we're obedient to God. That's when you see the miracles. The miracle wasn't somebody walked up to Lauren and said, here's $200, and God says, okay. But there was an element of faith. There's an element of faith. Do you trust God? Do you trust in the authority of Christ alive in your life? And this, this is the hope and the promises that we have. Because God has called us to, to live in an adventure. God has called us to live in a life that is, that is, is victorious in, in, in our everyday living. Of seeing the miracles of God. And what I want to encourage you in this, this morning is that many of you, you are on the edge, on the verge of some, of some great breakthroughs and some great miracles. And, and my encouragement is, is don't sell out short. Don't, don't quit before you're seeing the victories and the breakthroughs. There are the blessings that are there. They're yours. And they're, they're commanded of God. And, and they're going to be there. But you've got to be where the blessing is. And not say, God, come on, come on, God, deliver it here. I'm, I'm laying in the bed waiting. Come on, God, bring it to me. God is saying, 
I'm going to bless you as you're moving. I'm going to bless you as you're walking across the room. When you position yourself for God's blessing, you can expect to see great miracles. What are you looking for? Maybe there's some of you this morning that you know that there's, there's a, a degree of, of anointing on your life and God's presence on your life. That word anointing is kind of a, kind of a, a difficult word sometimes. But just that presence of God in your life where God's called you to do something. And maybe you're a little afraid of stepping out and moving out. Begin to take those simple steps of moving towards God and, and, and see what he does. Watch and experience the miracles of Christ alive inside of you. I want to ask you if you'd all stand. Just, I'm going to just have you ask you just to bow your eyes, bow your heads and not look around for a couple of seconds here. Let the Holy Spirit just, just uh, work in your heart now. Let the Holy Spirit stir you. Maybe you've been afraid to step out. I want to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, I pray, Father, for the, the confidence in you to do what you are saying. God, we don't doubt you, but we doubt ourselves to hear you, God. We know that if you, if you said it, if it was loud enough that, that, you, that you, we, we, would, uh, we would do it, but we don't have that confidence in ourselves so many times to hear your voice. So, Father, I pray for just those ears to hear, that confidence of knowing, that peace in our heart to say, this is what God is speaking to me. And we thank you. Pray for victory now. And this morning, if you've never stepped across that line of faith and you've never given your life to Christ, I'm going to encourage you to make today the day that you're going to do that. To close of the service, I'm going to ask you to do something. That's to come to the front. And I want to meet with you. I want to talk with you for a couple of seconds. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ, the God who cares about your situations enough to maybe put you in some difficult situations to develop your character. And ask the ushers to come to the front. And as we receive the offering this morning, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your commitment to the, to the church body. May God bless you as you practice those, those, those principles of, of, of godly financing of God. I'm putting my, the mark of you on who I am. God bless you as you, as you worship the Lord this morning.